You're now tuned into the Morning Star Show with Super Size 75. Hey, don't shoot the messenger. Get into some nigga shit. <laughs> You're now tuned into the Morning Star Show with Super Size 75. I'm just, I'm, I've been rubbing my hands all day like Birdman for this, so I'm just like. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it's still Sunday over there. It's Monday morning. I've already gone out for my run. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. I, I, I was just, I didn't think he was gonna be. I honestly, I didn't think he was gonna respond because I was like, ah, he's got enough shit on his plate, you know. He, and I'm sure people are like at you all day, every day, and I can imagine it may weigh on you to a certain extent. What up? What I got, I, I generally don't get a lot of people asking me for interviews because, really? I, yeah, well, because um, I, I, what I do is I, I put myself in a position where I am completely neutral because a lot of the people that are doing the scamming are YouTubers. So I, I don't, I, I try not to network with YouTubers for that particular reason because okay. once somebody who has been scammed by a particular YouTuber over in Ghana, you know, and then they see me on this, on their, on their platform, then it obviously makes them think twice about me. It makes them think whether I can be trusted. So I, I, I generally don't tend to do, to do interviews. I try to just stick to myself, put my head down and just, um, I try to get through as many of, uh, investigate as many people as possible. Um, and so, um, you know, I can only, I'm limited to what I can do, but okay. yeah, it, it, we have the internet, the internet's a powerful tool and, I, and it connects us all, man. And I, like I said, I'm just, I'm just so, I'm so stoked. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm so, I'm probably more excited for this than, than anything. <laughs> so, um, so, so let's go ahead and get into it. I just yeah. give me, um, a brief background because if you are in you're way over there. I'm in Switzerland. And uh only thing I know about Switzerland is car videos cuz they make some excellent car videos. There's always snow in there. And, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. How yeah, how yeah. how'd you uh how'd you end up there if you don't mind? Yeah, well, I've got my partner. My partner lives here. So, okay. uh my my partner's family is originally from here. So, um uh, when I uh, I I met her through a mutual friend of ours and um, I came over to visit, you know, I'm from the UK. So, you know, I was just, but I've, I've lived in multiple countries. I've lived in many countries. I lived in, I lived in the States actually for a while, for four okay. years. Um, and I lived in the Netherlands, different countries. So it, it didn't really matter to me. I could go and live there. So uh, it was easier for me to come and live here. Apparently it's not, it wasn't my first choice. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. So how is the acclimation to it? Um, you know, the, the, the questions, you get the questions, you get the funny looks. Is it, you know, are people still kind of believe what they see on TV to like talk to you and hear you speak to a certain extent? Is that ever an issue or has it been, has it been a minor issue for you in, in that, in your, in your current, um, 
situation uh, on youtube you mean um just everyday life and on youtube correct yeah oh well in, in everyday life i mean i i live in a pretty cosmopolitan city and a lot of the people here are business people they just float in and float out all the time so i don't get any funny looks here um on on youtube um strangely enough um it I'm, I'm ga it's gathering pace that people are realizing that I'm a person that deals with scammers pr primarily. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, that's gathering pace. So people don't really look at the name and judge me straight away anymore. And I tell people as well um, how I feel about the wider diaspora. Um, and uh, the, the reason, I mean, once again, the reason I came up with the name was it wasn't just to. Um, uh, make sure people remembered me or saw me, you know, noticed me. It was it was because I wanted to I wanted to reclaim that word, that that Negropean word. I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, when this when this term was coined, right, by a certain group of people, you know, a, a minority within the African diaspora mm -hmm. in in total. Um, they didn't really think about the the African diasporans and Caribbeans as well that were living in Europe. And, you know, you just coined that term. That wasn't really um, a pleasant thing for us, for somebody to do for us. So like like a lot of words have been uh, reclaimed, I kind of reclaimed that for myself. I said, you know what, that, that's what I'm calling it. And, you know, I'm a black man. I was born and raised in Europe, so I'm going to call myself this. And um, as as... As a YouTube channel, that is, I don't, I don't, I don't walk around calling myself Nickelodeon, but you know, I, I claimed it for the channel name so that you know, for those reasons. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I used to get funny looks. People used to, people still do look at my name, start following me for that particular reason, or watch my videos. A lot of people follow me simply because they want to see if they can catch me out, or they can find information. Um, so they can, with, they, they follow me with malicious intent. A lot of people still do, which I don't mind, once again. So the more the merrier. When you first started your channel, was it primarily for the scamming part or you just kind of fell into it because it just kind of led you down that path or this is when you said, this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna just do, this is gonna be my, my, my niche? Yeah, I'm kind of a victim of the algorithms actually. So initially I started my channel to talk about it was more to do with criminal conspiracies, um, um, you know, people that operate above the law, like the 18 type stuff. But but, but it was it was more to do with government conspiracies, and and I was sort of going down that line. And um, I was uh, speaking about just criminals in general, and then one person came up who I did a video about. That was Art Kathy. And that, that video sort of blew up, you know, because I was getting 100 views, 300 views, 400 views here, there and everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then we, I did one video about Art Kathy. I got 30, 30 or 40,000 views on that. And then um, I sort of, that was the algorithm that picked me up. And I just said, listen, I'm just going to keep on investigating Art Kathy and the criminals that she's involved with. And it sort of just exploded. 
And it was, I, so yeah, first it was just about me um, speaking about the crime that's happening in general in our world and how it affected us. Mm-hmm. But then it sort of took me down the road to uh, the, the criminals that are operating and uh, taking advantage primarily of those African diasporans, African-Americans, Black Americans, Black British, Caribbeans, who are all focused on moving back to the African continent. There are plenty of us there. And there is a, 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 a virtual crocodile pit that we all have to jump over, filled with these predators whose sole purpose is to try and line their own pockets with our money. That's that's all they want to do. And they have, um, they wear a mask. They wear the mask of Pan-Africanism. So they say, they call themselves Pan-Africanists and they boast themselves. And some of them have Afros and Dashikis, but they, they, they don't, they, but they wear it as a front in order to, to gain the trust of people who also, because a lot of African-Americans believe in their people. A lot of African-Americans, um, <clears throat> a lot of African-Americans um, have a lot of trust in their own people, mm-hmm. especially woke people inside their community. And a lot of them fall for it. You know, a lot of them fall for a lot of the um, um, scammers that are going over there promising them gold and paying them in lead unfortunately now, i try to do as much catching up as i could because you have a lot of videos it's a yeah. lot of players involved in a lot of different schemes and scams i'm i maybe i'm probably maybe 30 to 40 percent versed in what you've reported mm-hmm. i didn't know it was this widespread um it seems like it's almost an industry uh, of of scamming and people involved my thing where it affects me like we spoke earlier because i'm a youtuber now that now you can put a face to the the activities um you tell me who are the what's the most egregious the most um repeat um type of crime per se um and then however you want to expound on and whoever you want you know you who's ever implicated by all means i'm just gonna let you go ahead and rock okay well the vast majority of the crime that's happening right now is in real estate okay um so there is a lot of land in africa and it's very cheap very very cheap um so may i ask why is that why is it uh, because there is just so much land you got to remember that there is a billion people on one of the largest continents on this planet you know that that we could you could easily fit the entire population of um of the world into one of the countries just the congo you could e- easily you know sustain the entire population of the planet just in the congo the 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 Sahara Desert, uh, you could lose the United States, including Alaska, in the Sahara Desert. It's vast the amount of land that is there, absolutely vast. So it's cheap, and so a lot of people know that it's not going to stay this way, and eventually prices will go up at some point. So, so it's cheap. Um, where was I? 
Um, so yeah, you've got a lot of people who are buying, who, who are selling land, buying real estate, property, that sort of thing. And what the criminals are doing, and I'm going to call them criminals because they, they are in my own point of view. They are going over to Africa on false pretense, false pretenses, call themselves Pan-Africanists. They set up their own organizations, right? calling them pan-African organizations, saying that they are there to help people from the diaspora to relocate back to the continent, back to the African continent. They'll help you with buying uh, land, um, but they will do things like, uh, let's say, <clears throat> there is one person who I am um, investigating. I'm not going to say her name because it's your channel. So I'm not going to say her name, but she's located in the Gambia and she is, uh, she calls herself a lawyer. She's from the United Kingdom. Uh, yeah. she, I, I know uh, what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's from the United Kingdom. She's, she's Caribbean British, just like me, from the same community. So I know of this lady anyway. I knew her before her, before any of this happened. But she's been going back. She's in the Gambia now and she is robbing people left, right, and center. She is taking tens of thousands of dollars of people and then turning off her phone. Or she will, she will sell land at extortionate rates. So she will buy a piece of land for $1,000 and then she will sell it to the diaspora for $6,000. So she will increase the price by 500%. And she's been selling land like that, no problem. Because for us, $6,000 for a, a reasonably sized piece of land is, I'd buy, I'd, I'd pay for that. But we, we don't seem to understand that Africa is a different kettle of fish. We seem to look at things from the perspective of North America, you know, the Caribbean, which is extremely expensive to buy land at this moment and Europe, where it's extremely expensive to buy land. Mm -hmm. But from an African's point of view, an African will tell you they will buy a piece of land and build a house on it for $6,000. But here we are just buying the raw piece of land, which sometimes is located out in the middle of nowhere, with no infrastructure. She doesn't tell you all this. She just wants that money. And once she takes that money from you, that's it. That is it. You know, she is in control and um, she will dictate the deal. And sometimes she will overcharge you. Sometimes they will ask you for um, to pay charges which don't exist. You know, those types of things are happening at this moment. So that I would say the vast majority of the crime is in real estate. Um, and you got to remember that the real estate, um, the brokers aren't really regulated over there. There's no overseeing co company or organization, government organization that is watching these people. Hmm. So they're just able to do whatever they want. They can, you know, they, they can, they can sell land. Um, they can take their own percentage. They can double the price of land. It doesn't matter to them. Um, so yeah, that they're running free and doing whatever they want. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, once you've been grifted or swindled, more than likely, it's a, it's a lost 
it's a loss for that per, for the investor. Is that fa is that fair to say? At the very least, it's a, it's a loss. It it depends on the um, it depends on what has happened, you know, because um, there are some instances like um, an investor group that I've been in, investigating a, a certain gentleman again. I've uh, been investigating who who um, who has assets that can be reclaimed and those assets are in Africa. So if there are assets there and we can bring that particular person to justice, then we can file in court to get some of those uh, assets recovered. So it's not always a total loss, but when it comes to buying land, you know, and having two or three thousand dollars scammed out of you, it's 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 going to cost you more money to bring those people to court than it will do to recover the money. So in many cases, that's what they do. They just they'll scam you for two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars. They won't ask you for they won't ask you for um, the total payment of the land. What they'll ask you for is a, a down payment. Okay. Down payment could be a thousand dollars, one and a half thousand dollars, which is a lot of money in the Gambia. Okay. okay. There are some people that don't get paid that in a, in six months in in the Gambia. So that's a lot of money. They'll ask you for that, and then they'll just kind of move on. Um, you know. So that's what's happening. And and what what can you do? What can, what can you do? There is there is precious little you can do. You you can send me an email, and I can call them out and show people the proof and try and warn people. But for some reason, people are missing the message and they are being sold, manipulated by these people in parting with their money. Now, that part baffles me. It's like, is, is there a messianic complex that people associate with certain individuals they hold them infallible that they, they wouldn't do me like this. I mean, they look at them, they, they speak well, they look well, you know, is that, is that part of the problem? If they, oh, sorry, give me a second. They, what they do is they, they sell these guys, they sell them a dream, right? That's what they do. Mm -hmm. So What's happening in America and what's being shoved on the TV and on our Instagram every single day, um, the, these videos of innocent people that look like us getting bludgeoned and getting shot and getting lynched, the, those videos are traumatizing people, right? And, and, and they are, these people, when they're traumatized, they make um, decisions based on their on their feelings on their emotions and if you don't control your emotions you know your emotions can abuse you and use you and that's what these people are doing they are utilizing these emotions to sell these guys a dream a dream of returning to africa um settling on a piece of land being around people that are going to love them who look like them where they can blend in it's it's often not the case you know, it's often not the case, but they want to sell this dream to people and they sell it to they, and that's what they do. And so <clears throat> it's almost as if you're selling 
it's almost as if we are emotionally abused on the on the in the diaspora, and the, the the criminals can smell blood, and if they can smell blood, they'll that's it. They'll go for us, and um, they'll use us and use our emotions to sort of take some money away from us. And a, and a lot of the people that are also being scammed to are retirees. And that drives me absolutely crazy that you have people who have been working all their lives, sometimes in the most racist countries, working all their lives, having to swallow their pride for 20, 25, 30 years to go and, and, and they promise this dream and they go back they meet one of these YouTube scammers and these YouTube scammers, they walk away with their, with their money because, you know, they are able to communicate with them. They are also um, of the same ethnicity, you know, and hey, I'm here, I'm in Africa, I'm living a great life, you can have this life too. And a lot of the time, the, the, some of these scammers are retirees as well, you know, they are also retirees. And I'm investigating one guy now who's a, a retired guy and uh, living in Ghana, you know. So they, they, they have that ability to, to connect with, with the diaspora. The criminals have this ability to connect with the diaspora because they are diasporans themselves. Right. So they have um, uh, better communication with the diasporans than any African scammer uh, or, you know, from Nigeria. You know, Nigerians have this name. You know, they have this name. So they'll also do that too. They'll also speak about Nigerians or um, <clears throat> Africans in a way which make people seem that, hey, they're, they're not to be trusted. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you, you can't trust them. There's too many criminals in Africa. Africa, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And so they scare a lot of diasporans into doing business through them. And they, they build a rapport and build a relationship with these people. And then when they're ready to, um, to grift them off their money, that's it. And they'll move on. Completely heartless. No, no morals, no sympathy, no nothing. They'll, they'll drop them and move on to the next person. Let me ask you, um, I think we should be able, uh, be able to mention the two groups that are being um, intertwined. If, if I misspeak, please correct me. The mm. GALA and the DIA, right? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I've, apparently one <laughs> is bad, one is good. If yes. You, would you please yeah. correct me and, and educate me which one is the bad one, which one is the good one? Because I've so seen the, online they're being inter, inter, used inter, yeah. interchangeably. Well, they're doing it, and that's on purpose. A lot of people are doing that on purpose because um, uh, the people have taken sides, you see. So the DAIA okay. was an investor group that was infiltrated by a criminal group. Okay. So the DAIA was, was okay, actually. It was fine. It was infiltrated by a criminal gang, an international criminal gang, that then split that group up right and created their own group out of some of the people from the daia okay and they then named it actually something similar uh the dai the dia or something like that yeah gotcha. just like what you said so the dia is now being led by a person 
uh, uh, I'm going to call him by his nickname, so so we, we can get away with that. His his nickname is um, Lou Major. That's his nickname. So um, it's it's been led by him, and he is uh, he's a real piece of work. Yeah, he's he's. I've, um, I've seen a criminal record. I was like, wow, okay. Boy, really... I mean, I mean, his criminal record actually isn't that bad. His criminal it's, record, the, it's the not... schemes, the scam, the, the his his enterprises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is uh, he's a a career criminal, and the the thing that's good about him is that he doesn't have a lot of uh, convictions to his name. All the convictions are like petty convictions, except one, which is um, the the check fraud, which I, I sort of put on onto YouTube, which is a financial crime. And as soon as you see someone with a financial crime and is trying to lead a, a financial syndicate and is asking people for money, then, you know, it's you can put two and two together and know that this person should not be trusted. And we, we know now that he shouldn't be trusted because he's scammed a lot of money out of the DAIA get that right, D-A-I-A. He scammed a lot of money out of them. Uh, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hundreds and hundreds. That, that, and he is, yeah. He's... The funny thing is, before <coughs> I came across you, I knew of him because he was on another YouTuber's channel. Yeah. It's a, it's a, this small world. He was on uh, Dynas. Uh, Dynas the yeah. And I'm not yeah. gonna call him a prince because I, I I listen. Now I'm not I'm not I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be as objective as you are. I'm not calling mm -hmm. that man a prince. That man's not a prince in my eyes. But he I've noticed I knew of him because he was on Dynasty's channel a lot mm -hmm. and talk they talked about opportunities. Now in my eyes it is would would I say Dynasty is, is partially complicit because. I haven't heard him speak on this, yeah. Um, but not, not for me to speak. But if you, because you're the one that connected all the dots for the most part, mm -hmm. um, do you think this is they're all gang gang? Because it sounds like they're all gang gang to me. You know, the, let me tell you what the problem is with Dynast. Dynast has um, a, a, a good background. He's come from. Um, he's, he's a white collar worker, mm -hmm. and he. he He's, you know, I really like his work ethic. I like a lot of, about Dynast. Um, I used to watch him before I, I even did this. I used to watch him and he used to motivate me a lot. But the problem is, is that not only is he not saying anything, but the amount of these types of scammers who, are, who I've seen him in pictures with and that he's associating himself with, you know, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not a good look. I I haven't I haven't called called him a, a criminal because I don't know I don't I don't think I would like to not think I'm, I'm being biased here because I do like him but I, I would like to think that he has nothing to do with all these other criminal enterprises but now it's it's just getting ridiculous you know I I know at least six people that I'm investigating that have been exposed to Prince Dynast's um, subscriber base because he keeps putting these people onto his onto his show. Mm -hmm. 
because he, he, he creates a lot of content. He's, he's very, he just pushes it out every single day, two, yeah. three videos. He just pushes it out. So um, he creates a lot of content. So he needs a place to, to, to get this content on. And some of the people that are coming onto his videos are just, I don't know, they're very questionable, very questionable. And um, you, you have to ask that question then, why, why is he exposing his subscriber base to known criminals? I, he's done this now. I've seen him do this more than once now. Um, uh, there is another lady, once again, in the Gambia. I've seen him on videos with her too, you know? And I'm like, what's he doing with her? She's, she was arrested for trying to steal a couple's money. And now you're trying to get your, your subscriber base to, to do business through her. It's just, it's, it's, not, it's not looking good for, for him, no. I, I, but I, won't, I, I won't go as far as to say that he's definitely part of this organized ring. I, I won't go as far as to say that because I, I don't have evidence, if I need to be honest with you, to say that that's the case. The only evidence I have is that is, is his association with these people. And so, the people that he's been associating with are definitely criminals with right. criminal records. Like, so if we're doing a, the, the easel board <clears throat> and we're drawing strings, it got people's pictures up, he's definitely on the board. He's, he knows, he's almost like um, like an agent in a way, sort of like people go through him in order to, to get their victims, right? Because a lot of their victims come through uh, the YouTube world. I'm not sure how many subscribers he's got. I think it's like, is it like 70,000 subscribers or something like that? He's got it's a, a nice, lot of subscribers. He's got a nice number. And yeah. he's, he's really good at talking. That, that's one thing which... Um, which attracted me to his videos. He's very good at talking. He's very good at motivating. He's very good at selling that dream as well. So it, you know, he's, and he's come from a good background. I think his father was in real estate as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he was one of the first, first black real estate agents in um, Sacramento or something like that, or something like this. So, you know, he's, he's, he has a, a background, a prestigious background. So um, he's, a, he's, a, he's got a really good background. And then all of a sudden you see him with these guys. You've got to ask yourself, would his father have approved of him having these types of nefarious characters on his YouTube channel? I don't think he would have. And it's, so, yeah, it's not a good look. So um, you had mentioned the one sister that was uh, helping people get their monies back. I forget her name because she had been falsely imp implicated to a certain extent. And then yeah. people were like, oh, no, no, she's good. She's been helping. You, you had said she's helping people um, help reclaim some money. Could you, could you talk about her if you could? Oh God, yeah. Um, which, which lady are we talking about? Are we talking about the... It's the one video you did where you mentioned, you named all the culprits, right? And then mm -hmm. I guess you had put out a video and it was like 95% correct. But people were like, no, the sister you mentioned, she's good. She's on our side. She's helping people rec rec recover them. I didn't even write the names down. My, my dumb ass. I wasn't. Uh, no, yeah. Are we talking about the video I made about the DAIA? Yes, 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 yes. Um, okay. Right there. Um, so we're talking. Oh, gosh. 
I'm trying to think of her head off her name off the top of my head. Yeah, but she's she's a Nigerian British lady. She is the lead. She's the leader, um, British Nigerian lady, and she's the leader of the DAIA. So she, I I initially thought that she was part of this of this ring essentially because 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 of what their side, the other side, the the the, the actual criminal side. Right. They were trying to push out into the YouTube world that she was actually the person that was taking the money. Um, so, um, the, and I realized afterwards that I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, this is not the case. This is not the case. She cannot be, she cannot be part of it because uh, at the time, at the time in which the money was taken, she was taking care of the funeral arrangements for her dead twin sister. Oh. It's not something he would do. Right. You wouldn't go and try and steal land from, from Nigeria, you know, if you were back in the United Kingdom trying to take care of the funeral arrangements for your twin sister. I mean, that's total, that's total rubbish. Um, so, so yeah, um, it, it came to me that she was obviously um, she was falsely implicated and, okay. and purposefully implicated by these people. I'm trying to find them. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Let me, let me ask you, um, is YouTube the new, I, I would guess, the new front man? Is, is that the new way to recruit um, potential investors? It is. It is. Um, because right now, with all these lockdowns, you got a, a lot of people at home who are uh, who are feeling deflated, and most of them have this powerful little computer in their pocket, with, which they can watch and speak and see people, similar people with similar backgrounds, similar ethnicity, who look like them, who have the same problem as them, who feel the same way, you know. And all of a sudden, they're all listening to one person who apparently has this answer. They have the answer. And, um, you know, they, they are, they're listening to these people. And um, they're getting convinced that this is the answer themselves. And YouTube is the perfect platform. There's no accountability on YouTube. You, you can pretty much say whatever you like, unless, you know, if you're not swearing or saying anything like that, you can sell snake oil all, all day long. And YouTube's not going to stop you. They don't care about what you, um, what you sell or, you know, they don't care about that type of stuff. They care about people watching your videos because they make money from the advertising which goes on your videos. It's that simple. So they don't care. There's no accountability. There's no overseeing um, organization at this moment for the. And so these criminals are just running rampant. They're doing whatever they want to do, and there is no one there to to stop them. And the thing is that there's so many of them. It, it's virtually impossible to stop in the way that I've been doing it. You know, then you know the. There is a couple of other people 
who have started doing the same thing that I've been doing. Okay. You know, they've started YouTube channels that primarily focus on people scamming uh, diasporans in the diaspora, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, using the guise of Pan-Africanism in order to, to, to grift their money off them. There are, there are, there are a few, but it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. Um, so, yeah, it's funny, actually, because I, I, I've been working on a project now for the last six months. I took a little break over the winter time, but I've been working on a project um, to, to, to address what I was just talking about, because there is no way that, that calling these people out on YouTube is going to stop them. I've called that people. I've actually had one person that's been arrested, but she's still continuing to do the things that she was doing before. Mm-hmm. Because there seems to be like, you know, a never-ending group of people who want to invest in certain countries in, in Africa, who want to buy land. And she's so good at selling herself that people believe in her, mm-hmm. you know? And she just, you know... There is no way we can stop them just taking them out one by one and then pulling them out. All they are doing is they are continuing afterwards to do whatever they do because this is the internet. This is YouTube. This is social media. You know, you can call somebody whatever you want to call them. Three weeks' time, you know, a couple of weeks' time, everyone will forget and they'll move on with their lives. People easily forget so um so i've i've started um i i began i began looking into a company last year um late last year that's going to give people um a tool um, a type of apparatus financial mechanism where they can invest buy property in, in africa um, safely, securely, you know, uh, without being scammed. So that's what I am putting together. It's almost complete. I didn't really want to. I did not even want to talk about it today. Well, no, 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 don't don't spoil it before the cake is uh, done cooking. So. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. But it's it's on the way. Um, I did speak about it like seven, eight months ago. But I was, I was finding it difficult to get all the, 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 the legal stuff done. Of course. I'm dealing with scammers here. So I, I realized that once this organization is set up, it's going to get attacked from all angles from these scammers who are going to try and um, uh, put the company down. Um, so once the company is established and i've got all the bases covered then we can um we can unveil it and start pushing this out to the diaspora making sure that that they are aware that they don't have to send twenty thousand dollars to africa to a fake lawyer you know uh, you know to 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 buy a house they they will never need to do that type of thing ever again if they use this service so really looking forward to that it's what i've been working on actually it's uh, you've emailed me actually you've emailed me and it's taken me time to email you back yeah. 
and I didn't get any videos made myself. I've made one video, I think, this weekend. Um, and the reason why is because I am constantly working on this, on this apparatus. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's going to be foolproof, bulletproof. Um, I, I, I don't like saying that it's going to um, render scanning um, absolutely, you know, absolutely void, gone. Mm -hmm. But it will go some way into making sure people can feel a lot more confident in investing on the continent, knowing that they can invest with anyone. They can now invest with anyone. They don't have to invest with a, a fake Pan-Africanist anymore. They can invest directly with um, uh, local Africans, you know, and so they won't get extortionate um, inflated prices you know, being thrown at them, they, they'll get the price from the Africans all of a sudden, from the, from the continental Africans, mm -hmm. from the landowners, not through an agent who will then triple the price and then sell it onto them. So it, uh, I'm, that's almost ready to go, it, I would say. I can see the excitement in your face. You're holding back. I'm, I'm, and you know, I'm happy for you, man. <laughs> I, I'm so happy about this. I'm so happy that we're at this point now because it, it's been bothering me for a long time. And I know, I know I, that, that there is no way I can continue. I mean, I could just make videos all day long and, you know, just continue making videos. Uh, I, I make a little bit of money out of these videos. Yeah. It's not a lot, but I could continue doing that as, as my side hustle sort of thing. And uh, But it's it's ultimately not going to help the diaspora. It, it's not. It's just going to, it's it's going to be, we're going to be chipping away at the, the, the tip of the iceberg. And whilst everything else is going on underneath the water, we, we, we can't do things this way. We needed to, we needed to find a solution, and this, I feel, is the solution. And um, it's going to change a lot of things. It's going to change people's uh, ability to, um, you know, another thing that's been happening when people invest in Africa, when they go to one of these people, uh, to one of these scammers, and let's say they go to um, one of these investment um a real estate broker, a diasporan real estate broker in Rwanda, mm -hmm. let's say in Rwanda, and that person is African-American. What they'll do is they'll sell them the dream. They'll ask them for the money. The people in the diaspora in, in America will send them the money. And once they have that money, they will then just, they'll take their time. You know, it's frustrating because, it, you know, the process of buying land and everything else is long in Africa as well. It takes time. But then you've got this agent there who doesn't mind taking his time. Um, they've got the money. So, you know, they'll take their time. Um, all of a sudden, this this company that has already been set up, by the way, it's already been set up. It's just going to, needs to be unfailed. We're just crossing, dotting the I's and crossing the T's on a few contracts at this moment. Once it's set up, people will never be in that position again. They will have the power. The, the people who are the buyers will then have the power. Uh, so it's, it's brilliant. Uh, uh, do you know what? I promise you what I'll do is 
uh, when when we when we start off, I think it'll be in about three or four weeks' time from now. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll come live. I'll go live again with you again. And please, yeah, please do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would I would love to be a part of that. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Sign me up, bro. Let me <laughs> ask you this. Um, is it your experience that African American Americans are a preferred target? Or does it matter? They just want the money and they don't care who it comes from, per se. Are, are, um, are African-Americans more more apt to buy into this because of the longing to, to go home and want to have a piece of, uh, you know, history and wanting to know who they are and, and, and lineage and, and things of that nature? Does that, does that kind of let them make them set up to be an easier target, per se? Uh, African-Americans are an easier target because of the climate in America at this moment. Um, it used to be because Trump was there as well. So when Trump was there, it was really gathering pace. And you had a lot of African-Americans that were just like, no, I'm done with this. And then you had the police violence as well, which has always happened, as you already know. You know, it's, it's not like it's been, it's just started. It's just been filmed, right? So we had all that coming onto the screen. So it's easier for an African-American um criminal in the diaspora, in, in, on the African continent, it's easier for them to sell the dream to another African-American, okay? They know how to play on their heartstrings, you know? They know how to manipulate them. They know how to, to, to sell them the dream. So it, it's, they're not, it, I would say it's easier for those particular reasons, but you also have, you know, people who are coming from um, the British Caribbean people who are there, I know of more than one British Caribbean people who are living on the continent who are doing the same thing too. But they are targeting people from Britain. They're targeting the Afro-Caribbean community in the UK. It's, you know, which is a much smaller uh, group of people than those in the uh, on the African, um, in the United States of America, uh, I think the African American ethnicity is the second largest in the diaspora after the Brazilians, right? After Afro Brazilians, so they target African Americans because they all speak English. They they have uh, a, a reasonable um, uh, expendable in uh, expendable income. So they know they have the money. They know they have the want and the need for what they're offering them. They just put them in, they put it in a package and they sell it to them. So it's, it's not easier, but they're just, you know, they're just in a worse situation than those Afro-diasporans who are living in, say, the UK. You know, I think the last time someone was killed, shot in the UK by UK police and killed was... I mean, I can't remember. I'll have to think about it, but it was—it it generally does not happen there. It, it rarely happens there. And even if even if you look at actually the whole of the European Union altogether, which is oh seven hundred and fifty million people, it's almost double the amount of people living in the United States living in the European Union. Um, the amount of people who are uh, black people who have been shot by police in the European Union, it's, it's almost unheard of. It, I mean, it does happen, 
but it, it rarely, rarely happens. And part of the reason for that is because the police are really held to account in the EU. Mm-hmm. They, they have very, very strict rules on, for, on firearms in the European Union. In, in Dutch police, Dutch police are trained for, I, I think they're trained for three years. I, I read somewhere they, they have to, for three, yeah. Three they train years. for three years. Yeah. They have to, have to speak three different languages. They need wow. to read, write, and and speak in three different languages, or else they won't even consider you. Okay, so the levels of intellect in the Dutch police is a much much higher. You know, um, they 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 all have guns in in Holland, but they're not allowed to touch them. They ha- they literally have a sensor on them, and if you touch your gun, you have to write a report. If you touch it. Okay, so this is how serious they take uh, their the, the firearms in the EU. You know, you could have a, just they they don't have the ability to just take it out mm-hmm. um, and and use it. It's, it's a very rare uh, occurrence in the EU. So black people in the EU are, feel safer. Because that sort of stuff that's happening in the United States is not happening in the EU. So, so we do have scammers who are focused on um, black people living in the EU, returning back to the continent. But it's a, diff- it's a more difficult sell for them because a lot of people, a lot of black people living in Europe are comfortable. They, they, you know, they can go back to Africa and live in Africa for three months, four months, come back, go back, you know, and they, they don't have that emotional trauma, you know, swirling over their head. You know, they, they can send their kids to school and send them back home. They don't have to worry about the, the, the firearms and stuff like that, especially in the UK where the police don't even have guns. They don't, the, the, your normal policeman driving around patrolling has no guns he has no firearms so it, well, it's... let me ask you that not to not to deviate from the topic but yeah. do you do you think there may be a, a hint um i don't want to say jealousy but you, do you think there may be a hint of uk blacks being able to have a different type of stress not have to deal with a certain type of stress as opposed to let's say american blacks because do you think there's a disconnect because they're like, well, you don't live here. You don't know what it's like. And they're <clears> like, well, you're right. I don't, I, I can't relate to that. Sorry. And does that, is there an air of this? You know, it's, just... it's funny, right? Because, you know, when I was growing up, you know, all my friends, all my black friends, we all wanted to be, we, we grabbed onto the African-American culture. You know, we, it, was, it was part of us. Even though we were Caribbean, we still had Caribbean blood inside us, you know, we still had the culture inside us, but we loved American culture. And because of that love of the American culture, the, uh, sorry, not the American, the African-American culture, um, it, it infused inside us this belief that we were with them, that they were part of us, that they are us. You know, and it's a strange thing because when I moved, I, I moved to the United States way back in the 90s. I went to university over there. I didn't realize how 
fragmented the uh, ethnicity, ethnicities were, especially in New York City where I was living. Mm -hmm. There were just, you know, the, the Haitians would sort of hang out with the, with the Haitians, you know, the, yeah. the, the Haitians and the, right. the Jamaicans would hang out with the Jamaicans. You know, they never really, you know, and we didn't have that in the, in the UK. It's like, we just all blended, like we, the, the, we didn't think about ethnicity so much, you know, or culture, it's just, you know, and it's happening again now. England is a, is a really nice place. Um, it's a very cosmopolitan uh, country. London is, is an amazing city, uh, I have to admit, I've got to put my hand up, amazing city. So there are a lot of people who, um, who, who feel for the African Americans and believe that they are, that they are, you know, that they are with them. They don't feel like, I, I don't think that there is any jealousy or, or anything coming from the African Americans or from vice versa. Um, you could live a comfortable life in cities like Paris and in uh, London. You could live a very comfortable life because they are so cosmopolitan that there is rare, you will rarely see someone from London, a, a real Londoner in London. I, it's so rare that it's, you know, it's, it's mind-blowing. So you are, not, you are never looked at as being an African. You would never be looked at as being an African-American. You're just a person in London. Mm -hmm. Like you'd be, you know, I suppose it's a little different in Paris. It's a little different in Paris. But London certainly is uh, uh, a place where, you know, people could go from from the round the diaspora and live and live a comfortable life and not worry about race or being shot or anything like that. It's 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 a nice place. A lot of people get stabbed there, apparently. Uh, yeah. a, a lot I, of people I've have been getting stabbed there. That was on the screen. <laughs> yeah, they, they do do that, but um, you know that, those are in some of the really bad areas. That we do have bad areas. We do have disenfranchised people. Um, but you've got to remember, a lot of those disenfranchised people are, are, are white people. Um, they're not. They're not black Caribbeans. Mm -hmm. So um, um, we had something in the nineties. Positive. Positive. I can't, I can't remember the name of it now. But we had our our version of the Democratic Democratic Party, okay. which was called the Labour Party. And they were quite a progressive party, and they were in power for virtually most of the 1990s. And they adopted this sort of like affirmative action, like but for you know for for black and Asians. Okay. So if you were brought up in the United Kingdom in the 90s and you were 20 years old and you wanted to be a policeman, you'd get the job. If you wanted to be a fireman, you'd get the job. You wanted to be, if you wanted to be, <clears throat> if you wanted to work in the government, you would get the job. If you had skin color like me, you would get the job almost automatically mm. because they had quotas to fill. Of course. Okay. They had to meet these quotas of the amount of black people and Asian people that were in the police force, in the fire service, uh, working as doctors. So that's what they did. But when doing this, the, the, the young white men who were also grown up, who were also disenfranchised, they, those people were largely ignored. 
and um, now they've sort of come of age and yeah a lot of those people now are, are they're, they're career criminals and yeah those are the people that you need to be careful of so the, the, the dynamics in in the UK are slightly different for that specific reason okay yeah, I remember. I remember when people used to look at me and be like, "Oh, are you a criminal because you're a black person?" Way back in the eighties, this used to be. Yeah, in the nineteen eighties, you know, people used to make that assumption, but it just sort of turned around. Now, all of a sudden, I, I don't get looked at when I go into shops, or you know, pe people stopped doing that back in the early two thousands. You know, it's it's amazing how the narrative can be pushed on TV, and people will just. You know, it's one of those things. Let me ask you, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to dive too too much with the, with the, uh, the race topics, but <clears throat> were you disappointed while, while living in New York when you saw the fragmentation of the different black ethnicities and how they all kind of just stuck to themselves? Was that like, ah, oh, man, like I thought y'all was more together than this. I honestly, I, I didn't, I didn't. And yeah, I was disappointed, to be honest with you. I was disappointed. I was, um, because I'd grown up around a mix of all different cultures, you know, literally. And we all sort of gelled together, but we never saw race or culture. We, we had our own culture anyway, but it never came into uh, you know never, we never questioned each other as friends or as people because of our race you know and then all of a sudden I go over to America and I just thought that black people would just be one like like in the UK in the UK at the time especially in the 80s and the early 90s Asians and and black people in general it didn't matter what ethnicity of black person you were we were all together because we all thought well you know you know, we have to stick together, you know, in this country of ours. Uh, and then the Asians sort of went their own way and the Afro-Caribbeans and the Africans, continentals, they sort of went their way. That, that was kind of okay. Mm -hmm. It sort of stayed this kind of way. Um, but I've never experienced anything like that. You know, New York, 1993, I was there and... I was just, I was so disappointed that we, that I, you know, I went for, let's have a look, a good, I, I would say a year. I went for a year without speaking to a white person. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, 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 because I, I at one point I was living in the West Bronx, okay. co-op city, those okay. sides. Okay. I was living, I was living around there and yeah, uh, I didn't see, I didn't even, the only white people we, we saw were police officers that drove by in the car. Sometimes you ride a fire engine, the, the freeway, you'd see cars driving past. But I never, I never communicated with a white person for a good year. Matter of fact, there was one point I was, I was working in my uncle's uh, video shop in the South Bronx. And I'm sitting there and I'm working and a white person, just a white kid with a, with a, a, um, a pair of shorts and a t-shirt on, walked past the shop. I, I literally, I had to come out and open the door and look at him. It's like, what the hell? 
really I, was, I literally had to check and see if this dude was real um so yeah it, it's crazy how everything is fragmented uh, you have staten island you know there's, there's virtually no black people living in staten islands just white irish you know you know policemen firemen those types of people you know the the, the workers you know, who have sort of segregated themselves in this city. New York is, for me, is, is not pleasant for that reason. It may be the melting pot. There may be many people from many different places there, but because they don't really connect like they do in London, you know, mm -hmm. a city like London, it's, mm -hmm. it's not my cup of tea, no. But anyway, so sorry no, 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 I appreciate yeah. that. It sounds like you weren't there long enough to fall into the mindset because listening to you, it still sounds sounds like you have the cohesion thing that you still believe in in that construct. So, is it safe to say you 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 weren't there too long to become indoctrinated to the, the ways of, of the American separatism to a certain extent? I I think I think I mean I was there for four years, and I think what happened was I think it was so deeply ingrained in, in, ingrained in me that. I was able to speak with and do business with whoever I wanted to. Okay. You know, it's, it's really weird. I, I grew up during a time, especially as a, a teenager, where we had a very progressive um, left-wing uh, government in power for virtually the majority of my teen years. So um, I, I grew up in the belief that... I, I was, you know, I never even questioned my color. There was no way. Literally, I never at any point in my life when I was young thought that I was at a disadvantage. Okay. Never. If anything, it was the opposite. I thought I was at the advantage because of the color of my skin. I always, I, I had some sort of, I don't know, feelings that I was better because um, I, I went to school, the, the kids weren't interested in science, but I loved science. I, you know, they weren't interested in history, but I loved, uh, actually, I didn't love history, geography. Okay. I loved geography. You know, I was interested in these subjects. I was always asking questions. I was learning very well in these subjects. None of the other kids were interested in that. They were interested in fooling around. And the vast majority of those kids were white kids. They were white European kids. So, you know, I, I, I never had that, that feeling there. Um, I can't remember the question that you asked, but yeah, I was, I never, I always felt comfortable in the UK and that never left me, especially when I went to New York. When I went to New York, I think it was more of a British way of thinking that, oh, you guys are wrong, of course, you know, that's what they do, the British do, you know, they go away, oh, is that the way you do it? You do it all wrong, <laughs> you know, you don't do it different, you do it wrong. Yeah. That's okay. You're not British, so you know. <laughs> so it was maybe that way of thinking. Um, but yeah, I'm lucky. I didn't. I'm. I'm. I'm happy that um, I. I didn't change. Um, yeah. But I did everything in my power not to change anyway. I didn't want to. I. I. I didn't want to adopt the American accent, which is easy to do if you're English speaking. Well, that's. I mean, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. It's, maybe it's an old undeserved stereotype but it seems the the the, the accent kind of leads to an air of superiority have you heard that yeah. before 
Yeah. Um, I mean, the cues of that, you know, like, oh, are you, the Queen's English. Oh, okay. Sometimes I actually use it as a joke, but I, I don't believe in my, you know, that I have some superior way of thinking because I speak with a British accent. But sometimes I will jokingly say, you know, how, you know, certain countries will massacre the English, you know, that they speak, or, you know, they'll... But it's, it's like, I don't take it serious because... I don't normally speak like this, by the way, you know. I'm a YouTuber, I, I put up a front. So I'm from Northern England. So if I'm speaking like, if I'm back in, the, like in Birmingham and that, I'll speak like this, you know what I mean? And yeah. Yeah, a lot of people won't understand me if I'm speaking like that. So I speak with this sort of ABC English that you're hearing now, so that anyone who speaks English can understand. So uh, it's it's not, no, I, I've never heard it before. I've never had people come out and say, oh, yeah, you stomach. But they probably do think that way. And it's, and once again, it's part of the persona. It, you know, it's part of this, this front that I put up. I have to put up sort of a, a, a persona, uh, most YouTubers do, so that I can sell myself to, um, to, to uh, potential subscribers. Um, uh, I, I, I'm the unapologetic Negropian, uh, you know, and I speak with a, a sort of a, a, a posh English and accent. So people make the assumption, they make the assumption I'm going to be snobby, that I'm going to be arrogant, but I'm actually quite the opposite. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I love my people, you know, I fight for my people, you know, I, I, I'm not proud that... You know, I'm still living in Europe, but I am. It's just the way it is. I'd love to be living in Africa at this moment. Uh, you know, I will get there at some point. So um, I was asked that that's a future plan for you, for sure, like to, to go. Yeah, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I, I've always lived in different countries. Like I'm living in, I'm not living in my home country now. Um, I, I'm not living it. I, I lived in Turkey. I lived in Istanbul for a year before this. Wow. I lived in the Netherlands for near on eight years. Um, lived in New York. I lived in the States for four years. Where else did I live? Um, yes. Uh, and I worked a lot because um, I, I work in Europe. A lot of my clients are in Europe, in Germany, Switzerland, uh, Austria, so I'm constantly traveling the, around these countries. So it's no big deal for me to move to Africa because I know that if I move to Africa, I'm not going to be permanently there in Africa for for no longer than four weeks okay. at, at a time. Okay. At some point, I'll have to go back to Europe to see my 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 eldest children. I have two older children. So I'd have to go back to see them or I would need to go away for business. I would need to travel at some point. So it, it, it's not a big deal for me to, to, to move to Africa. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, I will be moving there at some point. Um, just when time is ready, when the time is ready. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, I know you catch backlash. Mm -hmm. Is it coming from people or places you didn't expect? 
and and is the backlash because you are shattering people's narratives of who they hold near and dear in in these spaces i, I think you're right there i think you've got a you've made a valid point i think that's part of the reason okay. um that's that is part of the reason a lot of people think that i'm just jealous which it's kind of i don't know it's kind of flaky what you get a lot of backlash i get a lot of backlash from people um that you got to imagine the people that i'm attacking and going after these guys are they're proper youtubers and some of them are manipulators hmm. that they, they know how to manipulate people so a lot a lot what a lot of these people will do is they'll have their main youtube accounts and they'll have five six seven other youtube you know google accounts mm. and they will go into these other google accounts and they will write something malicious about me and then they'll go into another uh, google account and then they will try and validate that comment by writing another comment saying that it agrees with that nasty comment so you will see a lot of these conversations being held by multiple people in one long string when it's just one person, person. who's speaking to themselves. That's so they true. do that a lot. This is how they try to manipulate people into, you know, into thinking a certain way about me. And you can see it's so it's so tack it's it's tacky, but they do that. So I, I watch out for that. Some people do genuinely, you know dislike me for whatever reason for um because of the way i speak because i'm uh, i'm of british origin because of the name of this of the program because i'm uh, attacking people who are also african-americans i get a lot of that a lot of, a lot of people who say oh wait a minute, that's another african-american and he's pan-african and he's helping us and this this negropean from from uh, from england look at what he's doing to he's talking to about us and you know, so we get a lot of that, a lot of national pride, you know, that type of thing. Um, uh, they have their reasons, but, you know, like I said, I just stay on course. I stay on course and I, 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 I don't have anything to lose. So I will continue doing whatever I have to do. And um, the genuine people will see through the BS. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Like a filter. No, I, I appreciate that. I'm not going to keep you here much longer. I, I'm curious, <laughs> though. Your your views on Pan-Africanism. In, mm. my, in, in my research over the... It doesn't seem to work. It, se it seems like a one-way street. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I missing something here? Because I, I understand the concept of it. But in application, it just... It never seems to work out the way it's supposed to, in theory. Mm. Um, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? You know, there are, uh, you've got to look at Africa as a continent and look at the wealth that is in Africa and realize that there are some extremely powerful forces that are hell-bent on keeping Africa where it is because it benefits the rest of the world for Africa to be in its position, in its current position, mm -hmm. in its, you know, with certain uh, <clears throat> in, um, wars, fighting, you know, between um, uh, different tribes and groups. They like that. There are people out there who 
are encouraging this to continue to happen on the African continent. So um, when you remember this, you know that there are people out there who are trying to discourage us from going back to Africa. I, I, I understand all this, but <clears throat> understand that there are people who are trying to perverse the way we think about Pan-Africanism. So they are infiltrating Pan-Africanism. They're trying to stick other things into Pan-Africanism as well. You know, um, uh, other things like, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think, but, but but they're trying to change the narrative that is Pan-Africanism. One of those things is the um, the criminality that's happening. You know, a lot of people want that to continue happening. Mm -hmm. You know, so that people look at Pan-Africanism as sort of like a smokescreen that people use and that we don't really believe in it, but hey, we can we can use it to to make ourselves wealthy and we can live a good life by making other people believe that it still works and that that we still believe in it. It's 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 horrible. It, it really is horrible. But yeah, um, it, it's important that we learn um, the foundations of pan-Africanism is still there and that it can work, but we need to have, um, we need to have a way of being able to, we, we don't even have those leaders that will teach us, you know, what true pan-Africanism is. A lot of people think that Marcus Garvey was, you know, a 100% true Pan-African. Now, pan now, pan now, no Marcus Garvey slander. <laughs> it's I, I know, I know. And I've done this before, and I got backlash <laughs> for this as well. He's a fellow Jamaican like me, you know. And I, so I, but, you know, there is people that, once again, who have probably um, taken Marcus Garvey's, um, um, the, the theatrical side of Marcus Garvey's work, to the very limits, you know, they, even the bad parts about it, they're bad parts of all of us, even me. So, you know, there are people that have taken the bad side of Marcus Garvey's teachings and are using that and implementing that also into their Pan-African movement, into their organizations and everything. So, um, for instance, you know, Mark, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure if I should give it, for instance, but uh, but Marcus Garvey, um, he, he was, he had problems with other, um, W.E.B. Du Bois, was it? Yeah, yeah, du Bois. Du Bois. Yeah. <clears throat> so he had problems with other, um, uh, was he, a pan I'm not even sure if he was a Pan-African, right? Yeah, he, they had different versions of Pan-Africanism, right? And they were fighting, once again, they were fighting amongst themselves. And some people now, even to today, uh, believe in Du Boisism uh, as opposed to Garveyanism. So, uh, well, you know. The weird, the weird thing is, is like <laughs> in, in our American history, whenever we have someone that comes up to rise through the ranks and say, hey, I'm, I'm for the people, this is my ideology, there's always direct opposition. So basically he would be Sherlock Holmes to Moriarty. Like he's always, he, that's his, 
like this is your guy you attack on every point for the next 20 years you always forever be forever linked as you know what i'm saying it's weird it's so strange yeah yeah, yeah you're right it's, it's so strange that we do this yeah. it's like and you know maybe that's maybe that's what's needed maybe we need um a balance in that way maybe we need somebody who's critical of of, of somebody who says that they know everything. Hey, here's me. Maybe we need somebody in the background behind us, constantly poking us, pushing us forward. Maybe, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but it's strange that that manifests itself mm-hmm. every single time, mm-hmm. every single time. And it, it's, it's so weird that, <clears throat> I, I think it's perhaps just the, the YouTube world, you know, we have this powerful media apparatus where we can, where me and you now are talking on in front of other people, broadcasting to other people, you know, from my home here in Zurich and from your home in, in on the West Coast there of the United States. We have this powerful uh, medium, this tool, and um, it, it exposes ourselves to a lot of nefarious people, people that don't have anything else better to do. And then all of a sudden, they see this person who to them can be this arch enemy, this this, this thing, this, um, <clears throat> I don't know how to call it, but like um, an elevator that they can get in and ride, you know, and, and enjoy <laughs> themselves on it. It's, it's, so, it's so weird. I've got one of them following me now. He's, he's such a weird guy. Oh dear. Um, sorry. His name is, um, I, I call him Nat Sleazy. I don't like calling him by his full name. I don't like such, such a strange. <laughs> I want to be cool oh, with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, I, you know, this guy is. It's literally, um, you know, it makes you wonder because he's like, he's coming up to 50 years old and you're like, it sort of scares you a little bit because it makes you think, I mean, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be constantly going around YouTube trying to validate my own voice to people mm-hmm. on YouTube when I'm almost 50 years old. You know, I just want to be enjoying myself. I don't want to be you know, constantly going after people like that's the only, that my primary thing to do. I want to be able to, you know, focus on my children and stuff like that. I don't want to go live on every live that I can particularly go on and speak about this person. It's, it, it, there's definitely something going on inside there. They're very weird, but, um, but you, like I said, you expose yourself. You know that these people are around and you can choose to engage with them if you want to or not. You know, I, I choose to to not engage with them, especially now that I'm coming to a point now where I'm trying to change the way I go after these people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm gonna change the way I go after these people, uh, the, the, the scammers themselves, in a way in which, you know, I, I, it will affect more people and give people the opportunity to um, to realize their dreams uh, smoothly. You know, 
if I'm going this direction now, I have to be a lot more professional. I, I can't be going into, you know. <laughs> I, I haven't seen you go off the rails, <clears throat> if, if that's what you're. I haven't. I, I, yeah, no, I, I ch I've chosen not to. Yeah, I've I chosen even... not to. I think I made one video about him and he, he took it down, actually. He had it taken down. Um, so I haven't got, I haven't at any point gone crazy. You know, I, I, there's, there's no point. Why? I mean, once again, I know how, I know how YouTube works. You can say anything about me today and next week, no one will remember. <laughs> it, it'd be like it never happened. So it doesn't matter to me. You know, I, I try to stay focused and stay and keep an eye on my goal and just reach for that. And, uh, you know, you know, when there's people out there that, that, you know, when you're a good person or if you're trying to do a good thing and you've got other people that don't want you to do that good thing, then, you know, it's th that it's them that has the problem and not you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, my brother, um, I'm not going to take up more of your time. I, one final question. Yeah. 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 The ladies in the chat want to know, did you paint Sade in the background? Is that, is that I, I didn't. A friend of mine painted it. I okay. didn't. I didn't. A friend of mine painted it, and she is really good, actually. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start selling them at some point. Um, okay. I haven't bought this one. She just lent me this one. She. I borrowed it, but she's got lots of other ones that she hand paints. She painted that by hand. Nice. Brilliant. Yeah. Nice. She's really good. Good sister. So yeah, I'm going. To, I'm going to start putting them up. Uh, and taking commissions for her at some point so she can as well get herself established because she doesn't sell any of it and i do know artists who are much much worse who are selling pieces like this for mm -hmm. thousand a thousand dollars sometimes like rubbish yeah, <laughs> really. it, it's it, crazy it, yeah, so get yeah for it. Get uh, yeah well yeah yeah uh, it's I don't mind helping her out. And there are people that have been asking me about these paintings as well. So I'm going to give her a helping hand and hopefully she can get herself established. Yeah. Well, you have a new fan in me and um, I'm rooting for you. I look Thank you. Thank you very much. To you, all your future endeavors. Please, man. Thank you very much. Last words to the people. All I have to say is that, um, you know, just, just know that there are people, know what's happening over there. If you're planning to go and live in Africa, if you're planning to invest in Africa, if you want to buy land or anything else, please, please be careful. That's it. Please, please be careful. I would suggest them to do one thing before this company, before my company actually starts up. If you really want to, if you're, if you're desperate to go and live in Africa now, go to Africa, travel it, uh, experience Africa, get to know the locals, get to know the chiefs, develop relationships with the chiefs, try to sidestep the other African-Americans or other diasporans who are there now. Because generally those ten, the people tend to be there. Um, it, it's okay for them to be your friend, but in general, they don't want to give you help unless they're getting paid for it. So, and that's sad, but that's just the way it is. So try and focus on doing that first and then take your time. It's a process. There's plenty of land over there for everybody. Take your time. You don't have to rush. It's, you know, 
there is plenty of space there for you. Prices aren't getting inflated like there are everywhere else. Take your time. And at some, at some point, you will make your dream come true. Promise you that. Well, uh, everybody, please go subscribe to the unapologetic Negropian. See, you said Negropian. I, I, we over here would say Negropian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually say our verses. Negropian. Okay. Negropian. I say it really quick. So it doesn't sound... <laughs> oh man, it has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much, man. And I, I look forward to, to to chopping it up with you again in a few weeks. When Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely do that. Please. So Thank let you. Let me know when you're ready and the door is always open for you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Too. Enjoy the rest of your night. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yo, that was my that was the unapologetic Negropian. I'm gonna I'm gonna hey listen. I'm gonna be on my on my UK shit. It is no longer Aluminum, that's aluminium, right? We, we say aluminium and we say negropian. <laughs> so shout out to everybody that, that, that hung out uh, this late stream. He is in Zurich, so it's like 7, 8, 9 a.m. for him. So um, yeah, go check him out. I'm, 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 I'm hooked on his video. So with that being said, let me, God damn it, Nick, ain't no butt sly. But slide tight. <laughs> if you do me a favor, please do me a solid. Just hit the like on your way out. As I as I read the ongoing credits, uh, you guys go to bed. Enjoy the rest of your nights, and um, we'll do this again real soon. Uh, once again, it's me. Uh, I need no introduction at this point. Uh, you can always catch me on www.onthewakeupradio.com or on otwtube.com. Shout out to my producer extraordinaire, Cindy Ashby. Always, replays are always on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. And uh, with that being said, I bid you all adieu. Peace. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Look it up. Individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diang. Cindy Ashby Production. On the wake up.